We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're live. Episode 47. I had to delete some shit off my hard drive. How's it going, Emma? Um, I'm doing, you know um let's be honest not great life is terrible I'm in a better mood now than I was like this past weekend but um holy shit CMOS grillies I am struggling but luckily I have swimming that has been keeping me sane so yeah I've been manically swimming manically walking and manically listening to music um to the CMOS grillies who I got dinner with shout out like Lizzie Kelly Catherine and a few other people we went to Bar Verde I told you guys I was gonna go on two dates this weekend did any of them happen no, because men are trash and deserve to all drown in the Hudson River. Indeed. Um, so yeah, I hate my life, but you know, um, Kate and I had a heart to heart this morning. And so, you know, it's important to talk your feelings out with your friends, besties, because yeah. otherwise you will just go fucking bad shit crazy. Um, so that's a fun intro to this podcast. <laughs> that was a lot. Get it out. Um, so the manifestation girlies is that one book called like your love language or whatever book references the idea of love languages or something like that. Um, the thing is with friends, they, they don't tell you that I think if you're, you and your friend are both like the same emotional types, Emma and I, if both of us are struggling, we will not want to put our problems onto the other person and we'll just hold it inside of each other. But the thing is we both do that. So like I've made jokes before, like if Emma and I are both in a in a downward spiral it's bad because we're both like the same like we won't talk about it we'll both be like I don't want to burden the other one but I like texted Emma I was like let it out let it out queen it's good also a good indicator if I'm in a bad mood is that like I will just like purposely use like the period like in all my text messages just I'm like I need to be an asshole right now (laughs) also another funny thing though this is like a terrible toxic like coping mechanism but like when I'm like in down in the dumps and I see everyone else happy I just like will become like fully just like a noxious and just like almost like pretentious and elitist and just like the things that I do in my own personal life just to be like oh yeah like fuck you guys like I'm doing xyz which like is fucking like stupid and like not a good coping mechanism but that's kind of been helping me so I've been like like, doing psychotic things but your life has seemed very interesting and fun as of late Kate um yeah there's a boy I don't think he's listening to the pod that's like interesting um nonetheless I've been a social butterfly but that's causing me to like spiral about everything else um, my apartment is a piece of shit. I'm looking at a drawer that is entirely broken. Uh, there's a constant state of just ants in my kitchen. Uh, they kill them, they come back, kill them, they come back, new spot. Um, my bathroom looks like a piece of shit. The boy came over to my apartment and he's like, your apartment is dirty. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks, thanks, boy. Um, 
yeah, there's just, you know, like it's on the outside. It seems like everything's good inside you get to my apartment. The busted. Um, yeah. So do anyone, okay. First off, if anyone who's fucking listening to this podcast, like idolizes us, that is on you. Like, don't do up. that. But like our lives are not great. Like our lives are not, not it. <laughs> um, I'm a podcast host. Yeah. Yesterday, Saturday evening, I ate carrots and hummus from Trader Joe's salsa and chips and fell asleep at 8 p.m. Saturday night, New York City. Woo! Like my mom texted me and she goes, what the fuck, Kate? You are 22. And I said, okay, okay. What? Why are we mad? Why are you mad at me? Um, I mean, good. Yeah. This boy, I like this boy. Um, We've been biking everywhere. It's like, he actually is nice and cares about me. He's not pretentious. Um, He's a loner-ish. I don't want to shame him on the pod. Not a loner. He's not a loner. He's just like a nice boy with boundaries. I'm like, I'm really simping for this man. I was going to go watch a cycling race this weekend in Queens at 7 a.m. No, I I can't simp that hard yet. But besides that, I want to die every time I open my LSAT practice book. Um, dealing with idiots. Anytime I have to outsource to idiots, i.e. do social content for brands, it is mind boggling to think about the fact that some people have jobs and they're so bad at it. Just like getting back to people, deadlines, all that type of shit. I've had to refilm shit four times. It's like a dumb problem to have, but I'm like, okay, give me the wrong coupon code. I will say suck my dick the next time (laughs) I have to film this. If you're going to keep giving me the wrong one. So yeah, um, that's Kate's rant of the day. You know, general body dysmorphia, hating how I look, not fitting into clothes, that type of stuff. I want to try on clothes today. Terror, terrorism. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I also was trying on clothes yesterday and I was like, everything's ugly first off. Also, like, why do like certain like cuts of clothes just like don't look good on me? I've just convinced Um, I'm going to have no body. That makes sense. Yeah, I was gonna tweet something. I've been like having some crazy tweets lately, yeah, but my, gonna, yeah, another proof that like my mental state is not stable. Um, Twitter figures well, going, it's not good. Tweet something like my favorite game to play is like literally what the fuck does my body look like? Um, yeah, I just don't, I just don't know because like I just I think I store weight in such different ways than I think I do in my head, and then I like look at a photo and I'm like. I think also me, I've realized recently that I have a very long torso. And so there's some photos I look like I'm 5'4", just because my torso be long. And my legs are look like I'm short little Guido, but that's probably in my head. I did ask, look at some photos and I'm like, damn, I look like a small Italian man. <laughs> Do I? That hurts to be part of like the St. Gennaro festival. <laughs> Honestly, put me up. Like I was looking at pics that I took in the Reformation dressing room today and I said, damn I'm a small Italian man what is my butt what is my legs what I look tiny I look tiny <laughs> um not that there's anything wrong with looking tiny um because I know we have some probably tiny listeners on here I um also um you were gonna rant about serving sizes you hate serving sizes don't we all oh that shit is that's like a podcast on its own when I go to law school we will be getting rid of calories and and <laughs> serving sizes I go sh- through like peanut butter, nut butter. There's specifically this cookie dough that Emma and I love called Toto Adaptogenic Cookie Dough. Mm-hmm. It says it has 16 servings in it. 16? Come on. Um, I went through that in under a Yeah. Like, come on. No, there's not 16. What's a tablespoon? What is a tablespoon? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, serving sizes are trash. Um, 
I haven't even been eating anything like fun or exciting lately. Um, actually, actually though, like I have been like an RX bar queen. Those been, have been like my pre pre-workout snacks before I go swim laps in the gym. Um, so that I, I feel like I kind of like used to be like, fuck like protein bars those are stupid yeah you hated those bricks now she's a queen of i I hated those bricks and now now i stand the bricks i am pro brick behavior um you know what girlies just eat whatever the fuck you want who the fuck cares um even though i do like have hot spicy opinions um we should should we do another instagram stories thing now that we have so many followers i feel like oh yeah our hot takes on like food we did that we had like 2,000 followers like people like, get so like, fucking pissed when I like say I don't like eggplant it's like okay like sorry but not sorry it's always the eggplant the spinach the acai bitches grow up grow up literally grow the fuck up like grow maybe, up maybe it'd be good to interact with our new um IG followers if any of you work at a publication and would like to interview Emma and I to get us some publicity please let us know even if you don't work at a publication but you know someone who works at a publication or like maybe your dad well your dad probably doesn't own Condé Nast but if you somehow know someone who (laughs) knows someone in Uh, that realm that would be cool or maybe like into the gloss yeah we're waiting for our into the gloss uh feature that hell I'll even take like vice news like I will take whoever at this point Rumhub diet please I told Kate that if we ever get a Grubhub street diet I wanted to actually just be like what we grocery shop for every single day because it would be like on Monday I like bought like a sack of pickles at 1 p.m and then like at 4 p.m I bought sauerkraut yeah I have notoriously said if I ever get interviewed anything about food I'm saying that my pre-workout is pickle juice that's it that's it um so that'll be included in the interview but yeah if anyone works at a publication dead ass please give us some publicity um and otherwise just like fucking give us a review on apple like hello i've been i've been trying to refresh nothing new for a few weeks and i know we have new listeners yeah, I'm going to have to start personally writing the, the reviews. <laughs> I'll start. No, here's what I'll do. I'll write hate reviews. You write positive reviews. So it like balances. There Can't be go. too positive. Um, <sighs> anyway, our episode today is on fucking, I guess, debunking, chatting about gluten-free. Like, do you need to be gluten-free if you don't actually have celiac disease? Yeah. I feel like it's such a buzzy health and wellness thing. We got to conquer this beast. We've been trying to narrow our podcast into really specific things versus doing like here's an episode about the gut microbiome because that's so broad and so we're like okay let's do gluten-free in its own entire fucking episode so if you don't really give a fuck about gluten-free well you got to listen to the intro and you did click into the episode so keep listening <laughs> i guess I might, might as well just hang out for the remainder of the show um because i'm sure you got nothing else better to do yeah just like us um okay i'm gonna call you back and then we'll talk about wheat we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, Emma and I can't shut up about starting your day with the perfect oatmeal toppings. And you're probably thinking, what could be better than securing a bag of maca powder or matching with a boy who actually knows what adaptogens are? Um, hello, a large and juicy medjool date. That's why we're so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Julie's. Julie's is a pantry staple for all the wellness gods. Their hand-picked medjool dates from Coachella Valley, California, are certified USDA organic, naturally vegan, and free of all allergens. There is no better way to snack on Jolie's than with your favorite nut butter or on a bowl of oats. And Jolie's even has a date syrup to drizzle on a stack of pancakes. So if you want to taste some Jolie's for yourself, definitely use code CMOSGIRLIES for 15% off your first order. Now back to the show. All right, talking about gluten-free diets. And so if you're in the wellness space, I'm sure you know what gluten-free is or kind of know. I, for example, didn't really know the difference between gluten-free and celiac for a long time, Um, but it has become more mainstream just kind of like with most buzzy health and wellness things, like the alternative milk episode is kind of similar to that where gluten-free is now in the mainstream. There's products everywhere. Restaurants are now, you know, accommodating for it. So it's not like you have to go buy your specialty products and mill the grain in a special way and all that shit so for example between 2004 and 2011 this is like the history of kind of the market of gluten-free products the gluten-free products grew at an annual rate of 28,000. and so in a survey in america at least by 2013 about 30 percent of americans said they're interested in trying to avoid gluten now i didn't ask the survey participants like why they were trying to avoid it but that's just an idea that like from that point, so many people had kind of heard that hmm, maybe I shouldn't eat gluten or try to stop eating it or something like that. And then up to in 2016, Americans are expected to spend more than $15 billion on gluten-free products. Once again, with about a third of pollsters trying to say that they're cutting gluten from their diet. And so from my perspective, it seems like most of this comes from the fact that avoiding gluten is healthier. Um, a lot of this, these arguments kind of parallel the low carb craze in the nineties. Like it's this widespread fear of like carbs are the reason you're fat and like maybe gluten is the reason I'm like gaining body fat or whatever. Uh, there's also the brain fog discourse that if you eat grains, you're going to be groggy and slow and that's why you're tired all the time. Um, and yeah, and then there's also like a lot of celebrities that talk about, you know, going gluten-free. Gwyneth Paltrow has said that a lot. And there's a lot of books and studies about like reducing your risk of cardiovascular disease, losing weight if you do take out gluten of your diet. Yeah. And I think like to kind of go along with that, I feel like at least like a lot of people that I know that like have gone gluten-free, like weren't actually diagnosed with celiac disease. And yeah, I think like what Kate mentioned about like ties to like the fears that like carbs make you fat. That's like such a constant thing that I feel like is talked about in diet culture a lot, especially in like the keto world. Um, and I think also it's like saying that you're gluten-free is like a very easy way to avoid a food group. And like, you don't really have to explain yourself just kind of like same with like veganism, it's like, you don't really have to explain yourself why you don't really eat like, you know, meat or like dairy when you're at a restaurant, you can just be like, oh, I'm vegan. I can't eat that. And like, that's kind of like the end of the conversation. And I think like, it's important to keep in mind that like, not all carbs are created equal. And like most of our foods are carbohydrates. So even if you are quote unquote gluten-free, you're still going to be eating the goddamn carbs. Yeah. Cause like, you know, anything that is like a starch, sugar, or complex carb is going to fall underneath that category. We did a whole episode on like the breakdown of the macros. Um, so go listen to that if you're interested in learning more, but there's also been research. Um, this isn't very surprising 
that has shown that women are more likely than men to avoid gluten. And it's most popular and prevalent among like 20 to 39 year olds. And I think, again, this just kind of like ties to the whole, like it being like a trendy diet and it being like, quote unquote, like a quick fix. Um, but there really is no actual hard evidence that a gluten-free diet is effective A, for weight loss, nor are there any nutritional advantages for someone who is not sensitive to gluten to be on a gluten-free diet. So I think right then and there, that kind of just like goes to show that like, if you're like cutting out gluten for no fucking reason, you're kind of like, there's no reason. There's no point. Now, I don't want to say that you're being an idiot, but it's like, you've kind of a fallen trap of like the wellness health um, craziness. Yeah, we should make a meme that's like, congrats, you've fallen for bullshit. Because I think for a while, I mean, I definitely was like, I shouldn't eat gluten, it's bad for me. Like, I, it's easy to think that. Um, oh. Yeah, so the I was interested in like, when the hell did like scientific communities start taking, you know, studying gluten-free, gluten-freedom, <laughs> celiac disease, gluten-free diets. It actually dates back a long time ago to AD 100, and it was described by a Greek doctor, but the more specific period was actually during World War II. So it was when the Dutch famine occurred in 1944. So wheat was positively identified as the factor that was like instigating this time period. The Nazis had basically cut off vital supplies leading to starvation. It led to this extreme cold and winter of like called the hunger winter. And so now in history, we have more celiacs than other ever, and like you, if you're interested in health and wellness, you probably are going to think like what I'm getting to, but it's probably because the wheat crop that we now consume is so different because of commercialization and industrialization of our food supply. So we've got, we got a few questions before we did this pod, like, what do you guys want to hear about? And most of this is like, our wheat now is very different than our ancestors were eating. And that's so true, like a lot of foods in our supply chain. And so that's why like, it's led to different illnesses and diseases and such. But Wheat has been cultivated by humans for like 10,000 years, but it's the case as so many other popular crops, like the number of varieties we use has been reduced to the only ones that are commercially viable. So when you look at ancient vegetables and grains and stuff, there's all these weird varieties and you're like, why don't we have that food anymore? It's because commercialization has funneled us to only continue to grow and profit off of certain crop varieties. And so that's why like our food supply is so limited. Kind of thinking like, I almost think about this in like the terms of like endangered species that like we don't have like random bread varieties anymore because we've just decided that we're only like pushing some. Um, And yeah, there's also so much uh, contamination in cooking and processing that like, as we get into this episode, it's gonna, you're gonna realize like it's very hard actually to avoid eating gluten. And that's why I know that like, anytime I've been in an interaction with people who say they're gluten-free, I was always like, oh, they just can't eat bread, but it's like super severe of like, if you are actually on a gluten-free protocol of like what you have to avoid. Um, So that gets into the, some signs of gluten intolerance. So there's like a difference between celiac and gluten-free, which we'll get into in a bit, but the signs of gluten intolerance are going to deal with a lot of gut symptoms because that's like the main body organ it's interacting with. So it's going to be gas, bloating, stomach pain, vomiting. You could go down the web rep, the web MD rabbit hole and like think you have cancer if you have those things, or you could be gluten-free or you could have IBS. So the symptoms are going to be pretty vague. Now, the difference between gluten-free and celiac is that celiac is an autoimmune disease and it's also an allergic reaction to gluten and it damages the lining of the small intestine. So as I was saying before, that's why most of the symptoms of like gluten intolerance to celiac disease are going to be like stomach related issues. And gluten, if you didn't know, is a protein that's naturally present in wheat, rye, and barley. It acts as the glue in foods like bread, cereal, pasta. Also, if anyone has ever had TVP, 
uh, textured vegetable protein. Um, if you're a true vegan out there trying to get some protein, it's entirely gluten. And that's like the main protein of it. A lot of the faux meats in like at Asian restaurants or just like in the kind of beyond meat space use gluten as like a protein. Um, so that's just a fun factoid for you guys. But if you are, if you actually do have celiac disease, you will have inflammation in your small intestine. And that's why it's so hard for your body to absorb nutrients and food. So like, yeah, your gut is being destroyed and it, your nutrients cannot be absorbed basically. Yeah. And it kind of gets into like the connection between like the gut microbiome and the celiac disease. Obviously, like, I think like there's still a little known about the gut microbiome, but it is like very interesting how everything is like so connected and how much does stem from like your gut. And it can tell you a lot about like, you know, certain like diseases that you have or like certain symptoms that you're experiencing. And so kind of like through like the research that has been done with the link between celiac disease and the gut microbiome is that those with celiac disease have like less beneficial microbial species and more of like the pathogenic species compared to those without the disease. And it's like kind of hard to currently pinpoint what specific bacteria strains can cause celiac disease, but it is just commonly known that like your gut is healthiest when in balance. And so any like altered composition and function of gut microbiota can trigger or contribute to the progression of celiac disease. And it, some that they have done research on is that like a decrease in bifidobacterium and firmicutes, and then an increase in pro proteobacteria and clostridium leptum. Those are big words. Um, those could potentially cause a progression of celiac disease. And also just with like the increased use in antibiotics, slowed food diversity, poor soil and heightened stress has just like led to a decreased microbial diversity among all of us. And I think we all are susceptible to having not like the strongest and healthiest gut just to so many factors that aren't really, really in our control. And so taking a probiotic will not cure you. So be wary of any such claims that are like, this probiotic will like help you like not, you know, have celiac disease. Um, Cause there isn't actually like any true cure. It's truly just like sticking to like gluten-free diet is like the best way to really kind of like, you know, treat celiac disease. But however, like everyone can benefit from improving their gut microbiome and also taking a probiotic may reduce the severity of some symptoms, especially because a lot of the symptoms that one will experience if you do have, if you are intolerant to gluten, again, is going to be like that gas and bloating and stomach pain. Yeah. And like nearly 2 million Americans have celiac disease. And so it is estimated to affect like one in a hundred people globally. And the interesting thing is that it can be developed at any age. So like it's not based on your genes, but if you do have like a first degree relative with the condition, you do have a one in 10 chance of developing developing it yourself. So that's like the only really relation to like hereditary factors when it does come to like celiac disease. Um, it is interesting though, like how it relates to other autoimmune diseases. Now Emma and I are not doctors, but like celiac is the only one where like environmental triggers of the disease are actually known versus it being like a random pathogen. Um, and this gets into the next thing, which is wheat allergies. Now I feel like I've never really seen people be like, I'm wheat free. Like that's not like a trendy, like hashtag wheat free. Like, no, (laughs) it doesn't roll off the tongue either. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if you have a wheat allergy, I feel like I'm still, I haven't heard of that. Sorry. If you have wheat allergy, no offense. A little vague, a little vague. A little vague. Um, so like wheat allergy, people with wheat allergies, this should be like a category, like PWWA people with wheat allergies. Sounds like a Portlandia sketch. Um, They can safely eat spelt like barley and rye, but those with celiac can't. So if you're seeing products like, let's say at a grocery store that say they're like wheat-free people diet, that doesn't affect those who are celiac disease. So just to say that there's like 
a range of like an allergy versus intolerance versus sensitivity. Yeah. And then there's kind of like a more specific term for like people who like claim that they're like gluten-free, but don't actually have celiac disease. And it's called like basically like your non-celiac sensitivity. And these are people who might like still experience gastrointestinal symptoms that are similar to celiac disease. And so I'm sure all of us have maybe have had like a funky stomach after potentially eating like, you know, pasta or bread, but also it's like, I get funky stomach systems when I eat sauerkraut sometimes. Um, but this is like more for people who I think like experience it like in a more consistent basis. However, the difference is that like gluten does not damage the intestine like celiac disease does, nor is there like a clear diagnosis for gluten sensitivity, thus you can't test it. It kind of reminds me of adrenal fatigue, how it's like not like a true diagnosis that doctors can yeah. really be like, you're like non, you have like non-celiac sensitivity. It's strictly like you're either celiac or like you have celiac disease or you don't. So I think it can probably be like frustrating for some people who don't fall like strictly into that bucket. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I kind of get it if it's like, you know, if you truly like experience these terrible symptoms, but like you go to a doctor and they're like, oh, you don't have celiac disease. You're fine. Like it probably like is in like the best nature to maybe like avoid those things. If you like are constantly experiencing such symptoms. Yeah. And that kind of gets into the next thing where most of the protocols for like celiac disease are elimination diets or like the FODMAP diet is kind of like a buzzy trendy one that we've also gotten a lot of DMs about with like, I don't know, the meme page, like the meme page is not a doctor guys. Don't worry about it. It's not a political figure. It's not a doctor, but, um, that's kind of the, yeah, the annoying thing is that like you, you have to base it on your symptoms and what you're feeling and what you think. So it's like, did you eat gluten? Did you feel bad after it? Like you have to become your own like doctor and track that, which is really impossible to do. I also think too, it's easy. It's almost easy for me to say too, because I don't eat out a lot, but if you're eating out a lot, you don't know like the contamination that's happening in the kitchen. Um, I know like from a vegan perspective, I was always like, well, what if they're cooking my black bean burger on the same grill as they cooked another burger? Like there could be some contamination there, but it wasn't like at the point where like I was avoiding meat because I knew I would have a bad reaction to it. So that's in the way that it is different. Now this gets into the health side of it. This is like a super, I don't know, just like these are our hot takes about it because pros of going gluten-free is that it could help you. Like if you do feel like you have, it's a common trigger for you, you have sort of like taken a diagnosis that every time I eat bread or something, I get bloated or every time I eat this, I get gassy. It could help lactose intolerance or it could um, help with things like IBS or lactose intolerance as well. And the other thing is though, is that like, it doesn't, uh, sorry, this is going to be a con of the gluten-free diets. Is that like, it doesn't, um, it doesn't track with like curing the global obesity epidemic. Like since there's been this surge of people going gluten-free, like we haven't seen any resolution to that. Um, it said that in this one 2006 study, I was reading about like populations in America that adopted being gluten-free about like 82% actually gained weight after adopting a gluten-free diet. So it just goes to say that like, conflating like gluten-free with like health is not necessarily the case. Um, but the bigger, more like serious health thing from it is that like, if you cut out gluten, once again, cutting out like an entire food group and you don't actually have celiac disease, you could lose vitamins and minerals of your food plan. Like whole wheat is a main source of dietary fiber and could lead to like bowel movements. And so like, if you're not getting that from your bread, it also is just very like restrictive and limiting as well. Yeah. And I think, I, I think we'll probably get more into like the privilege aspect of it, but like gluten-free foods are also just like expensive, like very expensive. And it's largely due to like, in order to avoid cross-contamination, a lot of like bakeries and facilities must get cleaned on like a consistent basis. 
and also like must have like certain like gluten-free certifications. And so it's actually ends up being like 242% more costly to produce and manufacturing products with like less restrictive guidelines. And also, so yeah, if you are not diagnosed with celiac disease, you are wasting money. And then I think also like gluten-free does not like equal, like necessarily like a healthier way of like living. Cause like gluten-free does not equal like low sugar, fat and sodium. And you know, there are very good gluten-free brands out there that are doing good for people, but a lot of like food manufacturers are probably solely in it for profit. Mm -hmm. We'll often add more like fat and sugar and like their gluten-free versions of foods in order to like mimic that taste and texture of these foods. So like just because something's like gluten-free or, you know, keto, whatever, it can still be like a heavily processed food or like, even if it's vegan, I think that's like one thing to like keep in mind. One thing that like, I kind of realized over time is like being vegan and like, not that there's anything bad with eating like more processed foods, but like, not just like automatically assuming that like, this is like good because like, it has this label that I like prescribe myself to. Yeah. I remember when I was vegan at the dining hall, there were all these like gluten-free, I think Udi's is the brand or something like that. That was maybe one of them. Um, and they had gluten-free bagels and bread and such. And then I looked at the ingredients list and it was so much more processed than the non-vegan alternative, which was just like sourdough. Once again, not making a claim if like gluten or if processed foods are better than like non-processed foods or like bread specifically, but that's just like something you have to consider that, like I'm most saying, the processing factor. And then if you are going to get the expensive thing, like that does meet all these hurdles of not having cross-contamination. Um, but gluten-free grain products like breads and cereals and crackers often do not have fiber, iron, zinc, potassium. And if they do, it's probably going to be like an unnatural form of it. So that's just like another thing to think from a health perspective. If like you do not have celiac disease, you could just be like harming your health. Um, this kind of gets into like the next point about like privilege. We got some questions. This is a common thing. I think like I went to Paris and I ate bread and I didn't get bloated, but I am celiac. What the heck? Um, gluten is so present in like most foods in the Western diet, for example, like the breads, pastas, desserts, pizza, etc. Like the 1992 food pyramid said you should eat six to 11 servings of whole grains in one day. Um, but now in like Europe, just due to processing and like the quality of their grain, it is so different. That's why a lot of people make those claims about like, I went to, I went to, that should be a t-shirt. I went to Europe and all I got was mill bloating. Um, mm. But is, it is a point of like privilege. I think with like the gluten-free diet is that like wheat provides one fifth of the world's calories and even in more like food stress regions, whether that due to like climate change or just like the crops they have, you really need to have like good evidence before you start telling people to avoid grain entirely because it is going to add up. Like you're going to have to find your caloric intake from somewhere else. Um, especially if like thinking about like food insecurity and malnourishment, like you can't just say like, don't eat grains. Um, and in the U S specifically, I did not know this, but the FDA labeling laws do not actually require that the presence of gluten in foods is disclosed. So it is, you know, there are these like mommy bloggers that are gluten-free that like are talking a lot actually about like um, consumer safety and like the fact that that is not required. There are certain allergens that do have to be required. There's eight major allergens that have to be declared on food labels. So wheat is one of those allergens, but gluten is not, meaning that like the labeling, all of this is like super, super voluntary for whatever company they want to do or whatever they want to put into their product, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like, what like we were saying, I think the general gist of this episode is that like, if you have stomach pain, gluten free is could be the issue. Gluten could be the issue, but it also could be other stuff. And I think also it's like goes to show, like I don't know, just to like 
prove that like just what like everything that you see in diet culture and that people constantly say it's like so easy to assume like it as fact but proof that like you like giving up like gluten like you know eating gluten-free even if you're not celiac or have celiac disease like is not going to like benefit you and that like just eat the damn bread like eat eat the regular pasta if you want the regular pasta like you eating gluten-free version is not going to like you know turn you into something magical like immaculate creature overnight um yeah and I think this like gets I don't know it just gets into another thing with like privilege and like health and wellness like I think this is also like a personal anecdote with like Emma and my like talk off the pod about like calories and food in the sense that like it's very easy once you've had an eating disorder to find some sort of new system of rules to clutch onto that's going to like save you. Um, like, oh, okay, this week, nut butter is a devil, not eating peanut butter. Like, that's the thing. This week, going gluten free is going to solve me of my eating disorder. And it's like, you can't turn. I mean, I still do that. Like, I feel, still feel like I make up new fake rules in my head to like, like replace the other food rules I had in a head so I think it's very easy for like gluten-free to become this like pseudo orthorexia type thing where like yep bread is the devil anyone who eats bread is the devil and like once again using it as a means of restriction when you're in social eating like oh I can't eat any of this because I'm gluten-free um it's gonna catch up to you yeah and I think like making those like new fake rules every week is just like a way to like avoid like the root of the issue of like whatever it is that like stems from your eating disorder and I think it's like easier to like make up these rules as opposed to just like sitting with like those feelings and thoughts of like okay why do I feel like this food is like bad for me mm-hmm. um but yeah you know crazy stuff um if you are if you do have celiac disease and you're gluten-free um cool if you um <laughs> I don't know if you also eat wheat and gluten cool too we accept we accept all people who eat all types of foods on this podcast. <laughs> all wheat people matter. Sorry yes. to the wheat people earlier. If that, I don't even know. Maybe the wheat allergy is like a big cult on the internet, and I just haven't gotten into the right part of the internet yet. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean, even like cutting her hair, like this entire episode. I'm like brushing my hair with my fingers while I'm talking. It's very therapeutic. Um, yeah, that's that's wheat. That's celiac. That's gluten. Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we didn't really even talk about like our favorite. What's your favorite gluten products? Is Happy Zoe gluten free? She has some shit that's gluten free. She's she's gluten free, nut free, sugar free. Uh, <laughs> everything. Free. Um, my favorite. I mean, I do love some good sourdough. Yeah. Um, that's truly probably my one like little pleasure in life. When I was vegan, I did fucking love the seitan. Again, as you guys know, not the biggest pasta fan, not from like a pasta is bad for you type of way, but just in the sense of like, I ate so much mediocre pasta growing up yeah. that it was like the idea of eating a bowl of pasta. I'm just like, I like can already taste it in my mouth and I know that it's like meh. Yeah. I'm trying to think about mine. I, I, mean, I, mean, I have a sweet tooth, so I feel like any dessert baked yeah. good type thing. I was thinking about going to Mel the bakery in Lower East Side. I've been wanting to go for a while as well. You should go and do Patreon content or go to Zoe's or something. Cause I yeah. think, okay, how about we do like a little Patreon moment with Mel. And then I actually, I was talking to some Geneva girlies about maybe doing Zoe, but honestly I would do a Zoe part two mukbang because you know, but I know that like, that'll make me happy. And you know, my stomach may not agree with it afterwards, but Sometimes you just got to take the risk. Yeah, I got to take the risk. Yeah, Mel the Baker is on their menu this morning. Um, you know, I've been trying to plan out my soft launch September uh, content. Um, everyone on my TikTok comments is fucking c- conspiring. 
Um, but yeah, I've been eating gluten. That's the thing. I'm going to talk about this, like food triggers. Like I always try to say like, oh, this food's going to like make me bloated. This food's going to make me bloated. Surprises me every day. So maybe gluten will trigger me tomorrow. I do want to make banana bread, but will I, will I, the answer is always no. No, 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 no. You will not make the banana bread. (laughs) Um, Cinnamon rolls. No. Oh, Need Love Bakery. Shout out Need Love. That was good. Oh my God. I do love Need Love Bakery. Yeah, very good. Um, Let's be bread sluts this week. I love that idea. I um, was going to say, oh yeah, I've been eating my Ezekiel bread. I think Joshua Richards, another shout out, tweeted something about like how he's um, obsessed with sprouted grain bread. And I was like, I feel you. I I don't think I've ever bought Ezekiel bread. Maybe I will. Girl, you cannot be a wellness god if you haven't had the Ezekiel bread. Is it anything special? No, like definitely just like get the sourdough. But I feel like it's like you have to have the Ezekiel bread at one point. Right. You have to experience the issue of like getting it out of your freezer and then like it like breaking when you're trying to like rip off a piece. Right. Um, because I have sourdough in my freezer that I've not touched for six months. So <laughs> good for you. I don't need another loaf. Sorry, I mean, I don't think. Uh, okay dog I'm gonna go on my little evening walk um drink some magnesium and go to bed uh, I've been very bloated after dinner which is not fun because I want to go on little walks and listen to my music but it's just painful yeah I've been lucky I haven't experienced that I'm gonna go on my second night walk um maybe by Steve yeah I just want like one can but um my grocery store that used to sell single cans is not doing that anymore wow so I would sad this morning when I wanted Zevia, so now I might have to buy a six pack which I don't really want to commit to because I will drink it in the span of two hours and feel incredibly just like uncomfortable yeah uh well I wish you the best you know Zevia, you. if you're listening drop some new flavors for us I yeah I need a Shirley Temple <laughs> Ooh, yeah okay we'll become flavor uh connoisseur or predictors predictors what is the word creative no okay <laughs> something if you're if you're listening to, if you've listened this far in the podcast go into geneva go to the chat room and or go to the food room i don't really care just go to a room write out your dream zevia flavor i will screenshot them all send them to zevia and say come on <laughs> do it zevia okay <laughs> pleasure to pod with you as always yeah. okay enjoy We're your silly little walk bye Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.